share the word with us this morning. Sasa tunamleta mtungaji Jesus kushiriki neno la Mungu asubuhi ya leo. Good morning. Bari asubuhi. Morning. Uh, what a joy it is to be back to think more about the sovereignty of God. And now we get to uh, the sovereignty of God in our salvation. Hmm. I remember when I began to understand God's word about this, his sovereignty and salvation. Anakumbuka wakati alianza kuelewa neno la Mungu katika enzi wa Mungu ndani ya wokovu. I was only uh, 18 years old. Alikuwa na miaka 18 tu. Some ways I wish I was 18 years old again. <laughs> Uh, we are in Ephesians chapter 1. Tuko kwenye kitabu cha Waefeso mlango wa kwanza. As we begin to think about this truth, uh, it is a cause for worship in awe and wonder of God. Tunapo tafakari kweli wake katika ibada ya kumwimbia Mungu na kumwabudu. And this passage in Ephesians uh, sets our hearts right. This is not just a simple doctrinal truth to put in our mind, but something that ignites our heart to worship the Lord. Napoangalia mstari huu ambao tunaenda kusoma kwenye kitabu cha Waefeso, si kwamba tu ni ukweli wa maandiko, lakini kuna ushawishi wa nguvu za Roho Mtakatifu ndani ya roho zetu. It is very simple the sovereignty of God and salvation. To define it simply we just need to say God saves and we do not. Don't you believe that God is the savior? God is the one who saves. Na usipakia kwamba Mungu ndiye anaye ndiye mwokozi na Mungu ndiye anaokoa. Let's read uh, Ephesians 3 uh, chapter 1 verse 3 through 10. Soma kitabu cha Waefeso mlango wa kwanza kuanzia mstari wa 3 hadi 10. It says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that he should be whole that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ 
as the plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Aimidiwe Mungu wa Baba wetu, Mungu Mungu wa Baba wa Bwana wetu Yesu Kristo, aliyetubariki sisi kwa baraka zote za rohoni katika ulimwengu wa roho wa roho ndani ya Kristo maana alichagua katika alituchagua katika yeye kabla uumwa ulimwengu ilitue watakatifu na bila lawama ndele zake kwa upendo alitutangulia kutuchagua tuwe wanawe kwa njia ya Yesu Kristo kwa furaha yake na mapenzi yake mwenyewe kwa hiyo tunamsifu Mungu kwa huruma zake kuu alizotuhurumia alizotutumainia kwa sababu sisi ni wa wanawe wapendwa wanaompendwa katika yeye tunao kombozi kwa njia ya damu yake yani msalaba kwa dhambi za wasawa na wingi wa neema yake aliyotumimia kwa wingi kwa hekima yote na maarifa yote na alitutulisha alitutulisha siri ya mapenzi yake sawasawa na na, na uradhi wa mapenzi yake ambayo alikusudia katika Kristo ili apate kutimizwa katika wakati mkamilifu utakapowadia yani kuvitia vitu vyote vitu vyote vya mbinguni na vya duniani pamoja chini ya kiongozi mmoja ndiye Kristo So we see in this passage that God is the subject. We are the ones acted upon. Tunaona katika ukurasa huu ya kwamba Mungu ndiye chanzo cha mipango yote, mipango yote na mambo yote yatakayotendeka yanamhusisha Mungu. First it says in verse 5 that God predestined us. Tuambiwa katika mstari wa tano ya kwamba Mungu alitujua katuchagua pale mwanzo. And it says he he's speaking the us is his people, those who have been born again. Na kwa hivyo anazungumza akisema sisi ambaye tulipatikana kwake, yani tulifanyika wake kabla ya wakati. Now sometimes when we think of uh, predestination we think of it in real mechanical terms ya kwamba tunaposungumza kuhusu kuchaguliwa tunafikiria labda ni njia nyingine fulani but here it tells us in love he predestined us lakini maandiko yanatuambia kwamba katika upendo alitujagua sisi that god would predestine people is an act of his love ya kwamba kuchaguliwa kwetu ndani ya Mungu ama ndani ya Kristo ni tendo la upendo wa Mungu. And that means to fail to understand that God has predestined you is to fail to acknowledge a part of his love that he is displaying. Kwa hivyo ukisema ya kwamba Mungu hajakusudia masijachaguliwa ni kukosa kuelewa ya kwamba Mungu hufanya tendo hili la uchaguzi tokana na upendo wake. He loved us therefore he predestined us. Alitupenda na kwa hivyo akatuchagua. And this is true of every single person who will be saved or has been saved and it's true of you if you are saved. Na hii ni kweli kwa yule ambaye aliokolewa akasaliwa mara ya pili. So when we ask the question 
how, uh, how are you saved? The answer should be God and God alone. Na kwa hivyo tukiuliza ya kwamba uliokolewa kivipi ama ulisaidiwa mara ya pili kwa njia gani jibu linafaa liwe ni kwa Mungu na ni Mungu peke yake We also see as part of this predestined the next thing is that we see that in verse 4 he chose us Tuliweza kuona kwamba wakati Mungu alipotupangia swala hili la kuchaguliwa basi ni ndani ya Kristo akatuchagua He chose us before the foundation of the world. That means that God chose who he would redeem through the blood of Jesus and who he would forgive before there were any people created at all. Hii na maana kwamba Mungu alituchagua sisi ama Mungu huchagua walio wake kabla ulimwengu haujawekwa wala kuungwa. When you hear this it sounds unfair. Na ukisikia hii naonyesha ni jambo la kutatanisha. But when when we put it in proper perspective that God is God and we are not Who are we to question God? Lakini ukiwa na mtazamo ya kwamba Mungu ni Mungu na sisi si Mungu, basi utasema mimi ni nani nikamuulize Mungu maswali. When the Bible says God is in the heavens and he does all that he pleases, that includes who he saves. Leinaposema kwamba Mungu wetu yuko mbinguni na ufanya lolote lile analotaka kulifanya, basi hii inatuweka mahali pa kusema kwamba basi yote tumwachie Mungu. He chose a specific people and sent his son to die for a specific people. Yeye alichagua watu wake maalum na akatuma mwanawe kuokoa wale wale aliyowachagua ndani ya mwana wake. We see this all through the Bible. Naona mambo haya katika Biblia yote kwanza mwanzo hadi kitabu cha ufunuo. From the Old Testament to the New Testament God is choosing people. Tumeona katika agano la kale na hadi agano jipya Mungu amekuwa akichagua watu. Even in Psalm 47 verse 4. Tunapoangalia Saburi mlango wa 47 mstari wa 4. It says he chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loves alituchagua alituchagulia urithi wetu kwa ajili yetu fahari ya yakobo aliyempenda also in the new testament when jesus is speaking in john 15 verse 6 he said tunapoangalia katika agano jipya yesu akisungumza katika yohana mlango wa 10 He said you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you. Yesu anasema kwamba nyinyi hamkunichagua mimi ila ni mimi niliyowachagua ninyi. Now why did Jesus have to say you did not choose me? Bona Yesu anasema kwamba nyinyi hamkunichagua mimi. Because it's our human nature to think that from our perspective it was just we who chose God. Nifikirio tu lako mwanadamu kusema kwamba ni mimi ambao namchagua Mungu. God Jesus has to specifically tell us you did not choose me. Lakini Yesu akiwa Mungu anasungumza katika ufahamu wa kikweli ya kwamba nyinyi hamjamchagua bali 
But I chose you. This, this is just an expression of God's sovereign omnipotence. If God led us in some sense to choose Him, it's because He did the work of choosing us first. This is exactly what is taught in 1 John chapter 4 when it says that we love because He first loved us. You choosing to follow God is an act of love. Love for God. But the only way you are able to do that is because He first loved you. He loved you to send his son to die for you. He loved you to send his Holy Spirit to convict you of sin and change your heart. To do the work of regeneration. And because he did that, then your heart was in right condition to follow him. If you are saved, it is because God chose you. Another important point for us to see uh, in this text is in verse 4. Verse 4. It says that he chose us before the foundation of the world and then says that we should be holy and blameless before him. This is speaking of our sanctification. God did not choose us to leave us the way we were. If God has chosen you out of your sin, then he leads you to a different life. A life that seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A life that is seeking holiness and blamelessness. If someone claims to be a Christian, 
Kama mtu anapanga kuwa mkristo but does not seek to honor the Lord in holiness there is something wrong Mtu akitafuta kuwa mkristo lakini haoni haja ya kuwa mtakatifu na kutafuta ule haki basi kuna tatizo kubwa People who are born again whose hearts have been changed desire holiness Watu ambao wamesaliwa mara ya pili na nafsi zao zimebadilishwa wanatamaa ya kutembea na kuishi katika utakatifu If God changes someone's heart to so that they desire salvation then they will also desire holiness kama mungu amepalisha kikweli kweli moyo wako utakuwa na tamaa ya kuishi katika utakatifu and this work of sanctification is also god's work in our life hiyo ndio sababu tendo la utakazo ni sehemu ya kazi ya mungu the work of sanctification is the evidence of being born again na katika tendo la utakazo ni ishara kamili ya kuonyesha kwamba wewe umesaliwa mara ya pili. It's the outcome of being chosen, being predestined. Ni matunda yanayoonekana wazi ya kwamba wewe ulichakuliwa, ulipangiwa na ukakusudiwa na Mungu. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 and 24, katika Watasolomike wa kwanza, mlango wa tano, tarehe ishirini na tatu. Paul closes out the letter to the Thessalonians uh, in, uh, by offering a prayer. Paulo anasungumza katika sehemu yake ya maombi. He says, "Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete." without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anasema hivi, Mungu mwenyewe, Mungu amani, awatakase ninyi kabisa roho zenu, nafsi zenu na miili yenu nanyi mhaifadhiwe kikamilifu bila kuwa na lawama katika uh, lawama katika Bwana wetu Yesu Kristo. So Paul prays for their sanctification. Paulo anawaombea utakazo wao. And then in the next verse he says, Faithful is he who calls you and he will bring it to pass. Starwai 24 inasema, yeye aliyewaita ni mwaminifu anaye naye atafanya hai. What this verse is teaching is that the God who calls you to salvation will be the one who sanctifies you. Hii inatuonyesha kwamba Mungu aliyekuita katika wokovu yeye yule ndiye atakaye sababisha uh, utakazo wako. There is no such thing as a person who has been chosen by God, called by God and then is not sanctified. Hakuna kitu kama vile mtu aliyeitwa na Mungu akasaliwa mara ya pili na akose kutakazwa kwa namna hii. It says he will bring it to pass. Maandiko yanasema kwamba Mungu atasababisha hai. So God predestined, he chose, he sanctifies. Kwa hivyo Mungu alipangia na tena anachagua na anasababisha yatendeke and he atones for our sins. Na alilipia makutambi zetu. It is Jesus in Mark 45 who said that he came to be a ransom for many. Ya kwamba katika maandiko ya kuwa Yesu alikuja ili akaweze kuwa sadaka kwa wengi. 
Even when Jesus was to come into the world in Matthew 1. In Matthew 1.21. It says, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. It does not say he will try to save his people from their sins. It does not say he will hopefully save his people from their sins. It says he will save his people from their sins. Jesus came to save a particular people and all of those people will be saved. And that's because God does not try to do anything. Whatever God wants to do, he does. He accomplishes his purpose in the atonement, in the death of Jesus. Now we need to make a few things clear about these truths. Some things that are not true. First, all of these things are not based on God looking into the future. Na vitu hizi havina ule mtazamo wa Mungu kuangalia katika mambo yatakayotendeka. Again these were God's decisions before the foundation of the world. Tunaona kwamba huu ni kusudi la Mungu kabla ya ulimwengu kuumbwa. Some who don't like uh, the doctrine of the sovereignty of God in salvation try to say that God looked into the future to see people's good works to decide who he was going to save. But the Bible is very clear that that is not the case in Romans 9, 9 through 13. It says in Romans 9, 9 through 13, For this is what the promise said. About this time next year I will return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only so, but also Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather, Isaac, though they had not yet been born and had not done had done nothing either good or bad in order that the God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls you. She told the older will serve the younger as it is written, 
Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Yeah, nine. The reason Paul stresses here that it was before they had been born, before they had done anything good or bad, was to express that God did this before they had done anything. God had decreed which of them would be saved before the foundation of the world. So it is not based on God looking into the future. It is also not based on our own will. Our Baptist Confession of Faith says... When God converts sinners and transforms them into a state of grace, he frees them from their natural bondage to sin and by his grace alone enables them to will and to do freely what is spiritually good. Katika atamko letu la imani, tuambiwa kwamba yuwapo mungu ataweza kwa keuza wenye dhambi. Basi kuna neema ya kutosha itakayoweza kusaidia hawa watu kuweza kuwa watu wazuri na wenye watatembea katika njia takatifu. So it is not based on our will then we are saved. Kwa hivyo hii na maana ya kwamba haitekemei matendo yetu sisi kuokolewa. God saves us and then our will changes. This is also clearly seen in the book of John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. Says but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become the children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Bali wote waliompokea aliwapa uwezo kwa kufanyika watoto wa Mungu, ndio wale walio waliaminiwa jina lake. Hawa watoto wamesaliwa si kwa damu wala kwa mapenzi ya mwili au kwa mapenzi ya mtu, bali kwa mapenzi 
ya so when we are trying to share the gospel we are not trying to ch- to uh, we are not trying to make someone will to follow god kwa hivyo sisi hata tunapohubiri injili hatujaribu kuwa kuwasukuma watu ama kupeana uchuzi fulani wa kufanya huyu mtu awe na tamaa na neno la Mungu what we are doing is a means by which then the holy spirit changes their will kila tunachofanya ni kwamba ni kutumia ile tunaweza sema kile chombo kilichowekwa na Mungu ili kupitia chombo hicho ambayo ni injili roho mtakatifu akaweze kutumia hicho chombo kwa kuweza kubadilisha wewe this is a miraculous work of the holy spirit hii ni tendo la muujiza ya roho mtakatifu It's just as miraculous as Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Ilikuwa ni muujiza sana kuona Lazaro aliyekuwa amekufa amezikwa amefufuliwa tena. It is a miraculous work of God for him to change our will, to change our heart. Kwa hivyo ni njia ile ile ya muujiza yeye Kristo kubadilisha nia zetu na nyoyo zetu kumuelekea yeye. So it is not based on God looking into the future nor based on man's will. Kwa hivyo si matendo yetu sisi wala si tendo la Mungu kuangalia inayotendeka kule mbeleni. But third it is not based on our works. Na jambo la tatu haitegemei matendo yetu mazuri. God is not weighing out our good and our bad and then choosing based on those who work harder. Kwa hivyo Mungu haangalii ni nani anafanya mazuri na nani anafanya mabaya. Kwa hivyo sasa akuchague kwa sababu umefanya kwa bidii. Hapana. Our sins are too great. We'll never have enough good works to be saved. Dhambi tulizonazo ni kuu sana. Haziwezi kupeana nafasi na ile fursa ya sisi kupata kibali mbele za Mungu. We all deserve to be condemned to hell by God. Sisi tumestahili kwenda jehanamu, kupelekwa jehanamu na Mungu kwa ajili sisi ni wenye dhana. One verse which there are many that make this point but one verse is Romans 9:10 and 11. Which says uh, just verse 11 Though they were not yet born and had done neither good or bad in order that God's purposes of election might continue not because of works but because of him who calls katika mstari wa 11 anasema lakini hata kabla hao mapacha hawajasaliwa au kufanya jambo lolote njema au mbaya ili kwamba kusudi la Mungu na kuchagua lipate kusimama also in Ephesians 2:8 and 9 which hopefully you know well hata vile vile katika kitabu cha waefeso mlango wa pili mstari wa nane, tisa, utapata hayo hayo tu For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not the result of works so that no one may boast. Kwa maana mmeokolewa kwa neema kwa njia ya imani wala hisi kwa matendo yenu mema hii ni sawadi kutoka kwa Mungu si kwa matendo mtawae yote asija kajisifu. If you are trying to do good works in order to get to heaven in order for God to choose you You will miss the boat. 
kama wewe unajaribu kutenda matendo mema ili upate kuokolewa ama upate kibali mbele za Mungu basi wewe umekosa kuelewa we cannot do good works in order to gain God's favor hakuna matendo tunaweza kufanya mema ili tuweze kupata kibali mbele ya Mungu when God has saved us and changed our heart then we will desire to do good works kama Mungu amebadilisha nyoyo zetu basi kuna matunda katika tendo lile la Mungu ndani mwetu kuonyesha kwamba sasa sisi tutaishi maisha matakatifu ambaye si adhabu tena So it's not based on works kwa hivyo haitegemei matendo yetu and it's because the, our condition is too great it took an act of god to save us kwa sababu hiyo kwa sababu gani Mungu anafanya hivyo ni kwa sababu ile mziko tulionayo wa dhambi ni mkuu sana ambayo itamkarimu Mungu kuingilia kati ili aweze kutuokoa. So salvation itself is really a recognition of God's sovereignty. Na katika tendo hili la wokovu ni ni, ni, ni jambo la kutambua uenzi wa Mungu. When a person is converted to Christ what they are doing is recognizing that God is sovereign. Kwa hivyo mtu anaposaliwa mara ya pili ni tendo ni ushahidi kamili wa kusema Mungu ni mwenye enzi. So let's think about this in the context of repentance and faith. Kwa hivyo acha tuangalie swala hili katika mtazamo wa wa kutubu na kukeuzwa because the gospel tells us that we must repent and believe it was jesus himself in mark 1:15 who came preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Weza kuona katika mariko mlango wa kwanza mstari wa 15 yesu akisema tubuni na mkaiamini injili but repentance is not a work that makes us acceptable to God. Lakini tendo la toba halitafanya sisi kuweza kusaliwa mara ya pili. Repentance is the act at which a person does because God has acted upon them. Toba ni tendo ambalo unalifanya kwa sababu tayari Mungu amekwishaweka tendo hilo ndani mwako. Repentance is the fruit of regeneration. Toba ni tunda la kuonyesha wazi ya kwamba wewe umesaidiwa mara ya pili. Repentance is not the work to gain salvation. Lakini toba sio tendo la kupata wokovu, bali ni tunda kutokana na wokovu. Repentance is turning from trusting in our own sovereignty to trusting in the one who is truly sovereign. Kutubu ni kutubu ni kule kutoka kuacha kuamini kwamba wewe mwenyewe una ukuu una uweza wako na kuamini yule ambaye ni muenzi mwenye mamlaka yote ambaye ni Mungu. So really if you're trusting in your good works to save you you're still trusting in your own sovereignty. Kama wewe unategemea kufanya jambo ili upate kuokolewa basi kuna uwezekano ya kwamba bado unaona una jambo unaweza kufanya katika ukuu wako na kujiokoa. You're trusting in your own power, your own ability. Kwa charibu sana kwa kutumainia uweza wako. 
And those who are trusting in their good works for salvation need to repent of trusting in their self. And this is why you can be a good moral person from the world standards. Kwa hivyo unaweza kuonekana kwa nje katika mtazamo wa dunia kwamba wewe ni mtu uliyena tabia nzuri sana but still be under the condemnation and judgment of God. Lakini uwe chini ya hukumu yake Mungu. Because trusting in yourself is still a failure to trust in God. Kwa sababu unajiaminisha wewe mwenyewe ya kwamba wewe una uwezo wa kufanya badala ya kumwamini kujiaminisha mbele ya Mungu. We need to repent because we have rejected God's sovereignty over our lives. Tuasaini kuweza kutubu kwa sababu tumetenda dhambi ya kutoweza tambua na kumwamini Mungu kwa yeye ndiye mwenzi. Think of Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Jesus came to Zacchaeus. A man who was up in a tree looking for him. God was at work in Zacchaeus's life before Jesus ever arrived to him. Mungu amekuwa anatenda kazi katika moyo wa Sakayo hata kabla Yesu hajakaribiana na Sakayo. And that is why Jesus came and found Zacchaeus. Na hiyo ndiyo sababu Yesu alipokuja alikutana na Sakayo. And he said, I must go to your house today. Na Yesu akasema, ni lazima leo And Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he stole people's money. And that was because the culture of the day said that was okay. All the tax collectors stole money. But the, but the standard of right and wrong is not what the culture what everybody else is doing. Lakini hii yote haitegemei kila ambacho mmoja anafanya. When Zacchaeus was convicted of his sin and said he will give back return what he had stolen up to four times. Na Sakayo katika moyo wake akasema ya kwamba itanibidi itanipasa itanilazimu nirejeshe kila mmoja ambaye nilimuibia mara tena mara mbili. That's repentance. Na hiyo ndiyo toba. Being willing to return and cause your own hurt and sacrifice to do what is right kuchukua nafasi ya kufanya mambo yaliyo sawa na kuasamehe watu wengine kuarudishia zile wale uliwaibia mtu zao and Jesus' response to Zacchaeus was wasn't now that you have been given this money back now you can be saved nao Yesu hakumwambia Sakayo kwa sababu umepeana hii pesa yao basi umeokolewa instead Jesus response was that um, salvation has come to this house today 
Yesu aliweza kuitikia swala lile ya kwamba wokovu umekuja kwa nyumba yako leo. In other words Jesus was saying that the fruit of of him seeing Zacchaeus's repentance was evident therefore he could say salvation has happened. Kwa njia nyingine Yesu anasema ya kwamba kwa kwa tunda lile la kuweza kurudia kurudishia wale watu fedha zao basi ni dhahiri ya kwamba wokovu umekwishatendeka kwa sakaya. Salvation happened before and ev- and the fruit of that the evidence was Zacchaeus repentance. Wokovu wokovu ulitangulia matendo yake ambayo twayaona sakayo anafanya. Now let's think about faith for a moment. Fikiria kuhusu imani kwa muda mfupi. Faith is believing that God is sovereign over all. Imani ni kuamini kwamba Mungu ni mwenye enzi kwa yote. Faith is the evidence of salvation also. Imani ni pia ni tunda, imani pia ni matokeo ya wokovu. Faith and repentance go together. Imani na toba vinaenda kwa pamoja. When God changes someone's heart, they believe and repent. Wakati Mungu anabadilisha moyo wa mtu, basi kuna toba na kuna kuamini. When God saves someone, he is creating faith in them where there was no faith. Mungu anapookoa mtu yeyote, yeye huumba sehemu ya kuamini ndani ya ule mtu, ya kwamba aweze kumwamini Mungu. Just like God created the world out of nothing. Kama vile Mungu alivyoumba ulimwengu kutoka patupu. God creates faith in people where there was none. Mungu huumba imani ambapo haikuwepo. When have you created anything out of nothing? Je, unaweza kuumba kitu kutoka patupu? None of us ever have. Ni hakuna hata mmoja kati This is the miraculous work of God to create faith in people. Hivyo tunaona ni njia ya muujiza Mungu kuumba imani ndani yetu. So God creates faith in us and faith is believing in the sovereign power of God. Mungu ameumba imani ndani mwetu ili tupate kuamini na imani ni kuamini katika neno la Mungu. And God has been doing this throughout the history of the world. Na Mungu amekuwa anafanya mambo haya yote kutokana na historia jinsi tunavyoiona. The act of God creating or saving people in some ways was a greater act than God creating the world. Uh, tunaona kwamba tendo hivi ni ni njia moja ile ya kuonyesha ya kwamba Mungu anafanya jambo hili kama vile alivyoweza kuumba ulimwengu anaumba mara tena. The Puritan Thomas Watson makes this point that salvation is a greater work of God in many ways than the creation itself. And that's because when God created the world, who was against him? 
na hii nasema wakati Mungu aliumba ulimwengu ni nani alikuwa kinyume chake Did light fight him on the day that he created light? Was the world against him when he created the, the earth? But in salvation he has to take people who are his enemies who are fighting against him and the devil who is working against him and produce a new creation when people are fighting against him lakini tunaona katika kusaliwa mara ya pili Mungu anaumpa kutokana na mtu ambaye amekuwa adui wa Mungu anapigana na Mungu ili kumfanya mtoto wake so god's work in choosing and saving his people is a great and miraculous work kwa hivyo kazi ya kuchagua na kupangia watu hawa kuokoa hii ni muujiza mkubwa sana think think with me for a moment just to close this out about the god saving the israelites out of egypt nataka uweze kufikiria jinsi mungu anaokoa wana wa israeli kutoka katika inchi ya misri when god saved the people out of egypt from under pharaoh and slavery how many who all was on board with god's plan wakati mungu anaokoa wana wa israeli kutoka katika inchi ya utumwa ya misri ni wangapi ambao wanaweza kutambua kwamba walikuwa ni wake? Was Moses excited about going? Je, unaona Musa alikuwa amefurahi kuenda? And when Moses went, finally went there, were the people excited about Moses coming? Na uliweza kuona kwamba hao watu wakiwa wanafuraha, wakiwa wanasema kwamba tunafurahia kutoka? And when Moses went to Pharaoh, was Pharaoh say, "Oh yeah, okay, I'll let him go." Umeweza kuona katika hii historia wakati Musa anamwendea Farao je Farao anaitikia na kusema basi chukua waisraeli muende from the beginning Moses was against God's plan ukiona pale mwanzo Musa alikuwa kinyume na mpango wa Mungu the people that God were going to save were against his plan wale watu ambao wanaenda kuokolewa walikuwa kinyume na mapenzi ya Mungu and Pharaoh was against God's plan na hata Farao vile vile alikuwa kinyume na mpango ule It was like the whole world was against God's plan. But God still saved them. Do you run into people who are against salvation? Maybe you yourself are a little reluctant to share the gospel. The people don't want to hear it. The devil is working to blind their eyes and harden their hearts. The devil is not sovereign over salvation. You are not sovereign over salvation. God is sovereign over salvation. Mungu ni mwenye enzi And when God wants to save people, he will no matter who is against him. Mungu akitaka kuokoa watu, atawaokoa, haijalishi ni nani ataweza kusuia. Praise God that he saves. Kwamba Mungu anaokoa. Amen. Amen. Thank you Pastor Josh for that tremendous word